Will Clay be a Chicago Bull by the deadline? Is Westbrook more valuable than Kawhi? Is this Rockets team here to stay? It's all next. beautiful podcast so i wanted to boast a little bit about a few of my favorite teams which i've talked about several times then we'll get into some tangents along the way so okc number one uh they are the real deal my friends currently fifth in the west and i think that is there to stay i've absolutely loved them i've watched a ton of their games currently ranked ninth in offense seventh in defense through 12 13 games depending when you're hearing this um, 12 games as as of right now, but they are playing the Warriors again tonight, which is something I kind of actually want to talk about just like for a second, just a 30 second tangent. I I like the idea of the in season tournament. I think it could be cool, but I don't like that the same teams are kind of playing all the time right now. Like I feel like I've seen like seven fucking OKC and Warriors games, um, a million Toronto and Celtics games. It's just annoying. Uh, Bulls Magic have played like three times, I think, um, which always pisses me off. Bulls and Magic because ev- the past two games, every time I I put it on, it's a blowout, and then I'm like, okay, fuck this. I'm not watching this. I'm gonna go to a different game, and they come back and it's a two point game. Somebody hits a game winner. It's so fucking annoying. The past two times it's happened, and of course it's not in the Bulls' favor. Um, OKC though excuse me um great team great team i didn't think they would have this much of an improvement i think the chet fit has been seamless he's been extremely valuable on the boards defense versatile scorer who you could actually battle a little bit down low with the big dogs Wemby kind of can too that was my concern for both of them was their post play um yeah they're a few inches taller than everybody uh extremely long but they're extremely skinny like extremely skinny and when you're going up against bigger dudes like Gobert, somebody like Gobert's physique is like nuts. He's so he's just a ripped, lean guy. He's fantastic body. Um, obviously, also extremely tall and long. Vucevic is a big dude. Anthony Davis. You got Jokic and Bead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You got a ton of people there. Absolutely, body all of them. I mean, that's what Jokic said in the beginning. He should get fatter to Chet. Um, but I don't think it's just his talent that's actually made in him an immediate force in this team. I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't really hear. I'll I hear people talk about it, but I don't hear people talk about it in the way I'm about to talk about it. But here's tangent number one: sophomore fucking rookies. So people who got hurt their first year who are now considered rookies their second year. Um, I don't think I think Embiid got excluded from this because it was two years. I, I feel like I remember that being a debate. Um. But this happens all the time, all the time, and I I ex- dis- extremely dislike it in every single facet. I think it's completely unfair to the rookies who are at, who are up for rookie of the year. That's really where it only matters because obviously those guys for the most part are always up for rookie of the year, and it's so frustrating because yes, they didn't step on an NBA court and play during their rookie year, okay, but. They practiced slash trained with straight NBA guys all the time. Access to NBA facilities all the time. 
had access to NBA medical staff and rehabilitation teams all the time. Um, traveled with the team and got used to movements and stuff like that between games, which is huge. That's huge and such an underrated factor that I'm sure a lot of people don't know or don't even, not don't know, but don't consider. Um, and they get year-long advice in person from vets and stars in their team. So a lot of extremely eval- valuable information and things that they would need to adjust to as a rookie, right? So, and the list just keeps going on and on. It's just frustrating because it's it's valuable stuff that a- absolutely impacts your game. Like, even just the traveling. Like, Wemby played in France. They're not traveling as far all the time. Everything's pretty close together. My buddy in Ireland, shout out Jackson, um, who's on the pod as well, he plays in Ireland. And a lot of the places are like literally like two, three hours away. You're driving all the time. You're not even going on planes like that. And these people are going across country in a night playing a back-to-back. And for Chet, somebody all of last year traveling with the team, all that different stuff, like he's used to that. He gets that. And then he also gets to talk to people on how to deal with it on his team. Um, and then have a full year, get back to it, and then he can actually apply it. Um, or say there are certain things he even applied and got used to it, made it a habit uh, from the rip, and now it's just normal. So there's a lot there, and it's frustrating. Wemby doesn't have that. Wemby, and it, and it subjects you to, to more struggles than a, than a sophomore rookie. Um, I think it's stupid. And besides his team just being way more sound um, than other rookies' teams, that's just a major edge that Chet has over everyone else. And I think that's ultimately why he had more of an impact. I think I, it's, it's not the entire package, obviously. Um, but I think it's huge. And I think it completely goes unnoticed. And I think we got to stop fucking doing that. It's so, I, to me, I think it's so stupid. Um, Warriors. I've talked a lot of Warriors, and I'm going to keep talking about the Warriors, so get fucking used to it. Um, I watch... They're probably the team that I watch the most besides the Bulls. They're probably... Those are their two teams. They're probably my second favorite team right now, um, which I alluded to in my last podcast. I just seriously love this team. Um, they're struggling right now on the offensive end. Uh, most... Uh, 16 out of 30, which is not great. Um, shooting 44% from the field as a team, currently 26th out of all 30 teams, which is not great. Um, they're 28th out of 30 teams in turnover percentage, which is not good. And you see that. Like, a, you ap- if you watch them, you absolutely see that. Um, it does not go unnoticed. It's really, really bad eye test-wise. Guys are constantly having stupid fucking turnovers and bricking shots left and right, left and right. But I still love this team. I'm still loyal to this team because you never fucking know. And that's exactly how 2021 went. We all said, oh, count them out, count them out, count them out. And they fucking beat the Celtics in the the finals, okay? Curry manhandled them. Game four manhandled them, okay? That's just how it goes. And I'm never going to count them out anymore. I do think they need to make some moves, which we'll get into, but I'm never counting them out. I think they maybe they probably have the most potential in the NBA right now to become a tender contender. Um, 
a lot of teams have so much potential, obviously. Magic, OKC, all these different teams have so much potential. Pistons. But they can't act on it this season and then become a contender. They can. Absolutely. They're there. They can do it. And I believe in them. They got a fantastic mix with solid role players, good vets, but they probably need another star. They need somebody they can rely on. Clay's playing absolutely awful. We'll get into some potential uh, things with him in a second, which are fun. Um, he's currently having 13 points per game, shooting an all-time low 32% from three, which is just like bonkers, way worse than I thought. Then 40% from the field total, which is not good. Not like vintage Clay at all. Um, Draymond is a fantastic defensive player, energy guy, um, but it's not really someone you can rely on. He has these instances, too, where he chokes somebody out and he's out for this amount of games. He punches a player, a rookie, or no, he wasn't even a rookie, uh, young players, and then he gets out for, he's suspended for this, or the team chemistry's done. But he impacts games. He's hardcore. Like the Cavs game that I ranted about with the stupid uh, ref move was... That game went super downhill because Draymond got taken out. He's a huge intensifier, huge energy guy, and he's a great he's a great person to have on the floor on the defensive end just for his own personal thing, but he also keeps the entire team in line. Um, he's valuable. Wiggins has completely lost his way. I, I personally think he just doesn't know what his role is since there are so many guys getting touches now. I mean, you got Moody, Saric, who's a probably the pickup of the year on the offseason i think out of all 30 teams uh yeah clay curry obviously um and the curry uh, clay thing is weird because you never know my dad said this the other day which i thought was perfect um way of explaining it you see clay hit a routine three or a tough three and then you're like oh shit like is he gonna turn it on like vintage clicks you're so used to seeing that but then he just never does and that's what's hard for people on his team because you don't know what clay you're getting, and it's not to the point where it's for a fact that he's not coming back. So you kind of have to keep feeding him like he's vintage clay, hoping that something's going to happen, and it just hasn't happened, which has killed stuff. So he's a weird case. Um, you got CP3 who, who kind of will get his shots. Not He can't really shoot well, though. We're kind of getting to that. I'll talk about it a bit. Um, then of course you got Kaminga who's up and coming and let me tell you, I am going to buy all the fucking Kuminga stock. You hear Bill Simmons talking about Scoot Henderson buying all his stock. This is what I'm doing with Kuminga. hundred percent. If you don't want it, I'm buying it. Um, I think the kid has it. Okay. The game against OKC, no Curry, no Draymond two days ago was where he Showed his full potential and put everything on full display. Finished with 21 points, three boards, four assists. But what I liked most was how he was going at guys. And he had a certain level of IQ, where which he does routinely. He did the same thing with the Cavs. Um, he goes at dude. He, he can get guys in foul trouble so easily. And he's, he has to start being a knockdown, knockdown um free throw shooter because he gets guys in foul trouble. I mean, he goes to the line all the time. And he got, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he got every single foul for them. Um, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and D. Wade, all foul trouble. D. Wade uh, got fouled out. Those the other two had four fouls going at them. Shy, same thing. He got, he got him with four fouls and just kept going at his throat. It was fantastic. 
Um, fantastic. But he is still super raw. He's super raw. He makes a ton of boneheaded decisions. But you can see, like, CP3 is taking him under under his wing for sure. Like, he kept barking at him in the OTC game, going, like, tell, no, you're supposed to do this, do that. And sometimes you'll even see where they zoom in on Kuminga after a play. He'll be like, oh, shit, sorry, man, sorry, man, and, like, stuff like that. So he's CP3 has been a good vet for him. Also played great defense on Shy. Fantastic. Completely got him out of his rhythm. Shy had 24 and 621 shooting, which is fantastic for Shy. You don't want if you can't lock him down, he could have a 40-point game every single night. I um, mean, he also goes to the line a ton. But he just plays, Kaminga just plays with hustle, plays with a lot of heart. Um, I love to see it. I love when young guys kind of come out and just go balls to the wall, and he's one of those dudes. He's not afraid, he's not afraid to fuck up, which is perfect. Like you don't want to obviously you don't want so many fuck ups, but you don't want a guy who's so nervous to fuck up all the time that he's just a he's just a robot. Right, because then that's terrible. You can't have him on the floor. Um, I think this guy in time could be one of the best two-way guys in the league. Hundred percent. He just got to grow a little more. Hundred percent could be the best two-way guy in the league. Thousand percent. Back to Wiggins. He's currently averaging ten points per game, four boards, on thirteen percent from three, forty uh, percent from the field, and fifty percent from the free throw line. Um, I still think he can be valuable. He just needs to be in a better situation i don't know totally what situation that would be i mean i think obviously where he's in a role where he's getting relied on more he knows he's gonna he's gonna be one of the main contributors like if he's the second guy or third guy um right now it's just kind of weird it's a weird spot um and i think this segues perfectly into our next topic which is the levine trade rumors so this is tough. I'm a Bulls fan. Obviously, I've said a million times I want them to blow it the fuck up. Just do it now. I don't want to keep hearing rumors, all this bullshit. Just do it. And I think I've heard a bunch of different ones. I mentioned the Sixers one a little bit, but Levine going to the Warriors might be it. Okay, there's, well, first off, I'm going to give my credit to Danny Cho. Wait, what's his name? Danny Che. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Danny Cho, Danny Che. Um, for this idea, because the Golden State idea was his. Just want to get that out there. Uh, he wrote a great piece for the ringer. And in essence, it would be something like a Clay and a Wiggins for Levine. Something like that. Okay, and the Clay piece was something I was actually thinking about before because they got to do something, all right? If And Stephen A., I don't like Stephen A. that much. I don't like a lot of his hot takes because they're a lot of bullshit. But he kind of had a good point. It's like, well, if Clay is not giving you the offensive output, then what do you, why do you need him, right? Like, what's the point? He used to be a pretty good defensive player, and he just doesn't, he can't really move the same after those two serious injuries. Um, he's not the same guy on either end. So why do you need him, right? Like, well, I don't know. You know, shop him around. Like, it's either he really he's going to retire. If he plays like this for another year or two, he might just retire early. Or there's the big thing going on of, like, keeping them all on the roster out of respect. 
but then you're gonna have to get a guy that plays in front of him, right? You can't just you can't just lose like that on purpose, right? I mean, not like losing that on purpose, but you know, you can't just keep him in the lineup. You know, it's it's not gonna produce shit, right? Just out of respect, right? It's one thing to have him on the roster like Udonis Haslam or something like that, okay? But he's got to change his role, um, or they trade him, and I'm not opposed. To them trading him. Yeah, he offered so much to team over the years. Being kind of the Batman or Robin with with Curry. But it was a few years. It's And it's still in a question whether it's like Golden State was a dynasty. I think if they win again, then probably. They're probably a dynasty. I don't know. I think it's different though. Like... I'm trying to think of something that I can relate it to. I don't know. I, I'm i just not really with it. I'm not with the respect thing. I think with Curry, maybe you got to. Um, but Clay, if he's, if he's literally not giving you anything, maybe even I'd, I'd probably even feel the same way with Curry. If Curry just completely shut off and he's just not producing shit, then, and he doesn't want that role of just being on the bench and helping out, I got to ship him off. Like, I gotta ship him off, right? I think they gotta do that with Clay. I think they, I think they might. I, I think they might. Um, I, I, it, I think it's. I know I keep rambling on. I just, it's just hard to make a definitive choice. I think I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I don't. I, but I think there's a chance, and I think they should at least consider it. There should be a conversation. Um. Because there would be somewhat of an outrage if they traded him. But, again, I think it's a little weird if they just keep him out of respect and keep him in the rotation when he's doing nothing. Okay? How often has that even really been done? Like, people want to win. That's how they keep their jobs. That's how execs keep their jobs. They wouldn't want to risk that just to have a, a shitty guy who's not producing anything on their team. At least I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that. And I'm not a big Levine guy. Um, I've just seen him being way too hot and cold. But he'd absolutely be great for them on the offensive end, 100%. They need another guy they can rely on. And that's what, that's what Chicago's been doing for years. They've been relying on him forever. Um, and it also cuts the fat on your team and allows the younger guys to get more minutes. If Clay and Wiggins dip, like Kaminga... Um, can get more minutes, and he really flourished when he started. So I feel like he definitely needs some more minutes there. And you can have certain line like he can guard pretty much like one through five. Um, so if you have small ball lineups, you can have Draymond at the five, Kaminga there, even to start. Well, I, I don't know if you can do that, or you can take Draymond out. He can come off the bench. Um, another team that's been thrown around is the Lakers. There have been talks of the D'Lo, Reeves, Rui, and like a first-round pick for Levine, and sometimes even Caruso has been thrown in there too. Fuck that. Fuck all of that. That's awful. Fuck D'Lo, Rui. Scrap those dudes and just give me picks. I don't want those guys. I don't care. I don't even care of getting players back. If we couldn't even get players back, I would literally just give these dudes for fucking three, four picks. I have no problem. Give me the picks. I want all the picks. I really want all the picks. Um, obviously I take Reeves, 
But the Lakers literally just signed him. They're not trading him. They're not trading him. There's no way. Um, he's had a little bit of a tough start. He's had a couple good games. Um, a little bit of a tough start. But it's it's the beginning of the season. They're getting used to everything. Um, the Lakers need somebody that can actually be a reliable crutch for them. Since LeBron and AD are always in and out of the lineup. You need somebody that can be there. And... We've seen Levine. He can't be that guy. We that's all we've been watching on Chicago is him being the number one option. He's not that guy. He can't do that. And when you have two of your other stars that are barely there um, throughout the entire course of the year, not barely there. They play more than fifty percent of the games, um, but always in and out of the lineup. There's gonna be more games. There's gonna be a ton of games where it's just gonna be him. And, yeah, against, like, the Washingtons and maybe shit like that, it's fine. But when you're playing good teams, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work in your favor. And he, he can't do that. And that's why I think the Warriors would be a perfect fit because he has Curry on his side, who is reliable. He's reliable. And you have a tight-knit team around him, the good culture, and they all play seamless. And you have one of the best coaches of all time. That's something the Lakers lack. They're just... They run everything through LeBron, which obviously you would. I get that. Um, but their offense is so stagnant. It's fucking weird. And you never know what you're getting from their role players. You never know. And same thing, I don't know. It's all, Lakers are tough. They're kind of a tough cookie because they, on paper, look great. And they show flashes where they're fantastic. But they also kind of play like shit a lot of times. And I get, I get very, I, the guys I was high on, I'm like, eh, anymore. So, I don't know. Lakers are tough. I think that trade idea is completely overrated. I really hope that doesn't happen. I'll be super pissed off if that's what happens. Um, and the last one that I've been seeing actually recently is Miami. So, I haven't seen any mock deals for this specifically, but I'm sure it'd be centered around Hero once again, which I'm sure he'd love and hate. Um, I would love that a thousand percent. Give me, give me Hero and some picks. I don't care about anybody else. Give me Hero and some picks. Um, I'd run with that deal. Plus, it gives Hero an opportunity to be the man on a team, which like he kind of is, but kind of not. I mean, he obviously has Jimmy. He's got Bam, and they got some good role guys. And but he is like the main contributor on a lot of nights. Bam's been doing great. Um, Jimmy, obviously, we all know he just like takes off in the regular season and absolutely dominates the playoffs, doing that forever. Um, Chicago, he was good in the in the regular season, but then like Timberwolves, Philly, and then now Miami, he kind of just takes off a little bit. He'll have good games for sure. He'll have good games, but he'll kind of take off a lot and just kind of speedway through it get to the playoffs, turn it on. And then he's really like the most valuable player in the playoffs. Um, so, but it'll be different, right? He'll be starting 100% on Chicago. He would be potentially. And he'd be the guy. He's he's getting the ball all the time. So I think that'd be awesome. I think, I think he'd probably like it because then he's not in these trade rumors all the time. He doesn't know whether he has to pack up his bags or not. Um. And you can just, it gives you freedom to do your own thing. That's so you see Kuzma cruising right now. You see Kuzma cruising. So we'll see. Um, 
And like Danny said, I I don't really even know if it would be that uh, like with the Levine fit. I don't even know if that would be that great. Um, Danny, who wrote the article, also said it's like, which I agree. I in terms of production, it might really not. It, it's probably not that different. It's probably not that different between the two. He Levine probably wouldn't make that much of a difference on Miami. Um, you probably should just keep Hero. You probably should. Because in Hero doesn't really have that that extensive uh, injury history like Levine, too. So, hmm. I don't know. It's tough. I think, I really hope the Warriors does happen. I think it's a little far-fetched. I think Miami's probably bullshit. And I have a feeling the Lakers are... I have a feeling the Lakers one actually might happen. I really, really, really hope it doesn't. Um, Philly's still on the table, of course. Especially now that Kelly... Um, is out who knows he might that might be exactly what they need um that one would be interesting too i don't know where we're getting back though probably the picks that they just got so that could be interesting um another guy who's actually been thrown around a bit in trade rumors is westbrook not like Woj trade rumors um uh, but on certain podcasts like bill is talking to him uh, talking about him a bit um and other guys as well so Last night against Houston was the first time I got to see this fucking bullshit super team play in action. And it wasn't really that great. So Paul George and Westbrook to me stood out the most. Um, Paul George definitely seems like the man on that team. He's definitely most most consistent. Um, great scorer. He, he kind of, there are moments where he looks like his old self. Kawhi, you could tell, still find his groove. He's not, he's not like the old Kawhi yet. Um... Or maybe any more. We'll see. Um, you can tell something's a little off with him. He, he's still getting his shots, though, a little bit. Both of these dudes scare me every time, though. Every time they fall, my bones just chill, and I freak out. Um, there was a play last night where Kawhi got the rebound. He fell and gave, like, a one-hand lollipop task to Harden. That um, I forget the guy in the Rockets' name was, um, but he stole it immediately. Uh, got a dunk, like dunked on, didn't like totally, it's not like a poster on Kawhi, but dunked and then Kawhi caught a foul. But it looked like he fell and was like grabbing his knee and that's why he threw the ball. Maybe I got to watch the replay again. Maybe he did, uh, but my soul almost left my body for a second. And it was, I, I thought it was over. I thought he was done. And it was Paul George fell a couple times too. And I was like, oh God, I guess it's like, it's like someone hits you in the balls. You're like, oh shit. Um, Harden starting to find his way. He pretty much hit the game winner last night. Looking a lot more fluid on offense, but he's still a defensive liability for sure. But Westbrook was my favorite. He's, he's super underrated on this team. Um, he's their only major glue guy. He can distribute to everyone, crash hard on the boards, runs the floor on the fast break, get you a couple buckets. Um, he does a bit of everything and he has a major motor that not a lot of guys and even in the NBA even have. So I honestly think he's more valuable than a Kawhi or Harden. Honestly, I think he's behind Paul George. I think he's the most valuable guy in that team. I don't even think that's much of a hot take. Um, in my book, it goes Paul George, Westbrook, Kawhi, and then Harden. So, but with our one to five, one to four streak, depends like when you're listening to this. Together, there have been talks about Westbrook 
getting traded and basically blaming him for them not gelling, which is bullshit. I mean, he he offered to get off the bench. When you watch that game, he does a little bit of everything. He's not doing. He's not. This is not OKC or Washington Westbrook, where he's just a floor general. Everything's going through him. He's just a monster. He's getting his points. He's getting his rebounds. He's getting his assists. It's not like that. Um, you can tell he's kind of just doing everything that the team needs. So I don't know why, at least in that game, that's what it looked like. I don't know why people are saying the complete opposite. It's frustrating. Um, he just sacrifices a ton. He looks closer to his old self than a lot of those guys. Harden, Harden it includes Harden and Kawhi. Paul George, I saw flashes. Those two, Kawhi and Harden, do not look like vintage Kawhi and Harden. Um, I love Westbrook to death, and I think anybody, if anybody should be traded, it should be Kawhi or Harden. Um, probably not going to be Harden since they just got him, but Kawhi, Kawhi, get him the fuck out of there, dude. I'm not on, I'm not buying Kawhi stock at all. Going back to the game, they played a hot Rockets team. That's solid. They're a good team. They aren't anything crazy special in terms of roster. Um, I think Sagoon is by far the most special player on that team. I think everybody thought, including myself, I thought Jabari Smith Jr. was going to be the guy who stepped up a bit, but we can clearly see it's Sagoon. Sagoon's like the discounted Jokic, as everybody's saying. Um, I expected more from Jabari Smith Jr. Jalen Green's been exactly what I thought. I'm not a big Jalen Green guy. Um, and then Fred Van Bleet's been great, and Dylan Brooks too, but... There's a ton of guys on that team you don't even know when they go out there. Like, Amon was hurt yesterday. Um, I think there was one other guy hurt too. And dudes that are coming in, I have no idea. Like, the guy that stole that ball and, and dunked, like, I have no idea what that dude is. I've never seen him before. So, they're not, like, loaded. Um, but they do play great together. They're gr- they have a really good defensive team. They, they have great ball movement. They were swinging around like crazy. They do, they do play together really well. Um, and a lot of teams aren't like that. It's it goes unnoticed. Um, I think I just think they're really well coached. I honestly think this is Udoka. I think he. I think it's Udoka more than the fucking players. To be honest, um, he's making a huge impact. I really do hope they keep soaring because it's fun. You have teams like I. I think I projected them like what like tenth in the West or something like that. You have teams that are showing up. OKC too, like new teams that have been terrible for a long time that are coming back up, coming back up. Like the Pistons, the Magic, like these these teams, they keep the same roster in a few years. They're going to be like, they're going to be contenders, right? If everything stays the same. So it's really exciting to see. I, I, I hope the Rockets, I hope the Rockets keep going. Like if this Clippers team was legit though, they would have steamrolled this team 100%. Like it wouldn't even be close, but it was the entire game. Um, and especially since they're, they're so hungry for a win to flip this narrative, all that stuff, like you're going to be playing your absolute hardest to win this game, right? And I mean, they won, but it was not how like a team with four arguably Hall of Famers should be winning a game against this team, right? Okay, so. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. I'm not loving this Clippers team. I'm not in love with this Rockets team. But I think the Rockets can... I think they can be at least a play-in team. Or maybe even sneak into the playoffs. 
and I have no idea where this Clippers team can go. I can see them gelling and start getting some wins again, but I don't. They're not a contender. They're not. They're not top three in the West. I would be so surprised, so surprised if they were like top three in the West. I don't. I don't take it. Um, I I don't buy it. So we'll see. All right, that's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. I know it was a little bit of a shorter one, but we got some good, 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 good stuff coming for the, for you next week. So I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.